Proverbs chapter 31, beginning at verse number 19. I want you to meet Cecilia. Uh, I have a picture of Cecilia. It's kind of old. Uh, this was 1987 that this photo was taken, which wasn't not really that long ago. I mean, that happens to be the year I was born, so it uh, wasn't that long ago. But Cecilia was four years old at the time of this photo, and uh, she has quite a story to tell. Uh, Cecilia, uh, it was ni- 1987, as I mentioned, August the 14th, or the 16th, rather, that Cecilia and her family boarded Northwest Flight 225, headed to Detroit from uh, Arizona. And uh, moments after takeoff, the plane malfunctioned and crashed. As I start to tell this story, I realize we have people in the room that are going to be flying in a few days, and I'm sorry already uh, that I started with this story. But rescuers uh, immediately went to the scene of uh, the crash and began to scour the wreckage. And in the distance, they began to hear faint cries. They searched and searched through the wreckage and found four-year-old Cecilia among the shattered remains of the aircraft. Their initial premise and thought of Cecilia was that she must have been on the ground and injured by the crash, the collision. But as soon as they searched the manifest, the unbelievable became apparent when they realized that Cecilia was the only survivor of Flight 225. But as remarkable as her survival was, the story of how she was saved is more remarkable still. She is alive, the article said, because of her mother. Because when it became apparent that the plane was going down, her mother unbuckled her seatbelt, got on her knees, and wrapped her arms and her body around her daughter and held on. The simple act saved Cecilia. Cecilia's mom couldn't save the aircraft, but she did do what she could. And Cecilia was saved, the article said, because she was within mom's reach. And as I I read that story sometime back, my mind immediately went to Proverbs chapter number 31. It is Mother's Day, and certainly this text is read quite often in Mother's Day. Uh, But it's not just applicable to mothers. And, and, and actually, I won't preach to mothers today. I want to preach to each of us. She was saved because she was within reach. And here in Proverbs 31, beginning at verse 19, it says, Her hands, this is the virtuous woman, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known in the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchant. She is clothed with strength and dignity. And she laughs without fear of the future. As I read these verses, the, the thing that jumps out at me so profoundly and, and would be the basis of what I want to preach to you for just a few minutes today is this woman, the virtuous woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, constantly it's focused on her hands. 
and her doing what is within reach. And so I want to preach to you on this thought today, within reach. Within reach. Before you're seated, would you just close your eyes and ask God to speak to us through His Word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your power that we feel here in this place today. I pray that you would challenge us through your word, that you would speak to us, that your word would would touch every heart and every mind, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers also. Help us, God, to do what we can with what is within reach. Challenge us through your word. And everybody says, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Proverbs 31 is, as I mentioned, it's not an unusual text, a scripture to draw from on Mother's Day. It's one of only two chapters in the book of Proverbs that is not directly attributed to Solomon. As it opens in the first verse of Proverbs 31 saying, The words of King Lemuel the prophecy that his mother taught him. And yet as you study uh, history, and Jewish history in particular, it concludes that though Solomon uh, did not necessarily put his name that we know him by on Proverbs 31, Jewish history says that Solomon answers by six names, one of which was Lemiel. So almost everyone believes that it was Solomon writing what his mother Bathsheba taught him, which is important for what I would say today. Solomon is known as the wisest man that ever lived. He prayed a prayer for wisdom from God and God granted it. It was given directly by God. And and so as you read the Proverbs, uh, the, the rest of the Proverbs, you will find him reciting and recording the wisdom given by God throughout the Proverbs. And yet, the 31st Proverb does not come from his wisdom. It comes from the wisdom of his mother. Emerson said that men are are what their mothers made them, and, and Solomon must have felt no differently. Although it was his father, David, that was king before him, it wasn't his relationship to his father alone that, that assured that he would be the king. It wasn't David who, who was responsible for that. In fact, you would read that it was his mom that made sure that he would be king Instead of David's oldest surviving son, she literally made him to be king. And Solomon loved his mother. Uh, The Bible says that, that when she came before him as king, he had servants put another throne next to his just for mom in this position and place of influence and and significance, letting her and the kingdom know just how much mom meant to Solomon. So it was that in her wisdom, she describes to him what a virtuous woman is. She begins to describe the kind of woman that he should find. It's a woman that sounds so perfect, always put together, always thriving, never behind. It's a woman that other women love to hate. She's so busy, but 
never seems to complain. She's up early and stays up late, but never seems to be tired. She's always buying land and sewing clothes and running a business. Her children are singing her praises. Her husband is calling her blessed. And as you read that uh, as a parent, it makes you want to say happy Mother's Day in the least affectionate way to this virtuous woman. And yet, That's what Solomon's mom describes to him. And so no doubt if Solomon rehearses her words as he does, that those words are not far from his own view of his own mother. The woman he loves and reveres so much, the one who is always within reach, his throne beside hers. He felt about her, no doubt, as she describes to him what a virtuous woman looks like. But that is what makes this story so powerful. You see, Solomon's mother has quite the past. We know her by the name Bathsheba. And we're first introduced to her as the wife not of David or the mother of Solomon, but we are first told of her in the Bible as the wife of Uriah. And on a day that he, Uriah, is out for battle, she is at home taking a bath. And the Bible says that King David is up on his rooftop and he sees her bathing and he calls for her. And she answers. And Bathsheba, whose name means oath, breaks the most solemn of oaths when she began an adulterous affair with the king. The story of Bathsheba only gets more heart-wrenching from there. The king, the Bible says, has Uriah killed in an effort to cover up the pregnancy that results from the affair. And she gives birth to that child only to say goodbye to him a week later, a death that was laid squarely at their feet as their fault. So I can't imagine what it must have been like for Bathsheba to fight through the guilt, to having a dead husband, a dead child, all because of a broken oath. So if you and I were to describe or look for words at this point in Bathsheba's story with a dead husband and dead child and dead marriage all at her and David's feet, if we were looking for words that might describe her, perhaps virtuous, would not be very high on our list. No. Mistakes and failures, you see, were the descriptors that we, you and I, would use to identify her life up to this point in the story. But in Bathsheba, we learn a powerful truth about ourselves. I I didn't come to preach just to moms today. I want to preach to all of us here today because we all have something that we can learn from Bathsheba and it is this, that what we have been and what we have done, it does not have to define what we are and what we can be if only we keep 
living. Hear me now, Bathsheba, she did the hard thing. Yes, there were mistakes and failures all around her, but she kept living and she kept going, not just marking time, not just trying to live in the shadows of regrets, not lost in the forest of couldas and shouldas and wouldas. Oh, no, she made up her mind that she was going to do whatever she could, and she just kept living. She decided, I, I can't change what I've done. My past is outside of my reach. I, I can't change it now, but I'm going to make a difference with what is within my reach, and I'm going to try to raise a family and a child, and I'm going to try to put something in them that is different than what I have been in the past. She takes her hands and puts them around Solomon. And she begins to instruct him and love him and raise him. And she does everything she can. Hear me now. Your past is not within reach. You can't save it. You can't change it. You can't go back to it. You cannot change what you did or what you said or what was done to you. But you can decide, hear me now, that you're not going to let what you did in the past define you, that you're not going to let it label you, and you're not going to let it imprison you. I'm going to preach to somebody today and tell you that you can decide that you are not going to let the shame and disappointment of your past destroy your hope for your future. Hear me now. There's a truth that you've got to understand. If you keep trying to reach for your past, your future will slip through your fingers. And so you've got to realize it is not within reach. I've got to leave it where it is. I can't change it, but it's not going to define me. I can't alter it, but it's not going to alter me. Oh, no. I've got to let it go. It's not within reach. One person said, I've heard it actually mentioned in, in several different variations and ways, but says some people die at 25 and aren't buried until they're 75. They stop living long before they stop breathing because something happens and a dream dies or a hope dies or a promise dies whatever it is things happen in our lives and we let what happened yesterday keep us from living today and I got to tell you that you're never going to have what God wants for you and you're never going to experience God's best for you as long as you're living in the yesterdays hear me now you got to make up in your mind I'm, I, I can do only what's within reach I can only change only what's within reach and my past is not within reach I, I've read about uh, hunters in, 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 in the various parts of the world hunting, hunting monkeys. And, and, and from what I've read, it says that, that, that they'll take coconuts and they'll carve a small hole in the coconut and they'll put something inside the coconut that, that the monkeys would want. And they could, it's just big enough for them to reach their hand in. But as they grab that thing, that uh, it, it literally it pins them, it, it traps them to that coconut that is tied to a tree or to a stake or to something and because they refuse to let go they are imprisoned by that thing that holds them back and I gotta tell you there are far too many of us and too many times that we hold on to things that happened in the past and it, hold us, it holds us chains, 
chained to a place that we are never supposed to be. So I preach to you today, you've got to let it go. It, it cannot be within reach. You cannot reach into your future and hold on to your past at the same time. You've got to make up in your mind, I want to change only what is within reach. But not Solomon's mom. See, no, no, no. She didn't, she didn't stop living at 25. She didn't stop living at that place where she had made so many mistakes. No, 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 no. She made up her mind, I, I'm going to keep going. I, I'm going to get up day after day. I, I'm unable to reach my past, she would say. But instead, I'm going to do the best I can with what is within reach. She instead decided to put her hands on her son, her future. She said, my future is going to think differently of me than my past does. That's what you've got to decide in your heart. My future is going to have something different to say about me than my past has to say. My, my future relationships are going to say something different about me than my past was had to say. My, my future commitments are going to have different things to say about me than my past commitments. I am going to keep living. And that is exactly what happened. Hear me now. Solomon did not know his mother by her past. He knew her by what she decided to be after her past and by her attempt to save what was within reach. He knew her as the woman that did what she could with what was within reach. In fact, he recites her words in that 31st proverb as she's telling him what a virtuous woman looks like. And his willingness to share her wisdom tells us what he thinks about her. You see, in his view, she is virtuous. I'm preaching today to everyone with a past. And that's everyone. And I'm telling you that if you have a past, it does not mean that you don't have a future. And before you write yourself off as a failure... And as the virtuous woman or man is being out of reach, remember life is rarely, rarely defined by a single choice. No, life is defined by a series of choices. And all it takes is one day where you say, I'm going to be different than I used to be. All it takes is, is one moment, one church service, one prayer meeting, one time where you say, I am not going to be what I've been in the past. I'm going to be different than I used to be. I hear Paul say to the church in Corinth, but such were some of you but you are washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God I tell you today we all have made mistakes we all have come short of the glory of God we have all made more failures than we would like to admit but all of us have a choice that we can make and it is that we can keep living and we can keep reaching and as we reach we can make our future different than our past I'm preaching to you today what's what's within reach within reach and what I love about this woman in Proverbs 31 is the emphasis on the work of her hands she uses her hands it says her 
household is clothed with scarlet. Some say this means double clothed or warm clothes. She, she's always making things with her hands. She's making the scarf. She's, she's making the coat. She's making the linen garment and supplying the sashes. She is doing what she can do with her potential. She understands is with what is within reach. See, far too many times we are paralyzed from movement. We call it a, a paralysis by analysis where you're constantly looking around and trying to figure out and, and you're bemoaning what you can't do and what you're unable to do and what you don't have the money to do and what you don't have the time to do. But when we do that, we neglect to see that there are some things that are within reach and I may not be able to do everything, but I can do something. I may not be able to do everything for somebody that needs something, but I can do something for somebody. I preach to you today, you've got to do something with what is within reach. This woman, she, she's constantly taking the things that are within reach and doing with them whatever she can. When Mary of Bethany, the Bible says of her, when she broke that alabaster box of ointment over Jesus' feet, some were indignant. They murmured against her, but Jesus defended her by saying this, she has done what she could. Let it be said of me, I am doing what I can. God does not expect something from you that is beyond your reach. He doesn't expect something of you that you are unable to do or incapable of. But He does expect of each of us faithfulness with what we can do. Our lives are successful when we do what we can do. It doesn't mean that we're doing what's always easy. Sometimes it's costly as it was for Mary and the alabaster box. It may not always be ordinary. Sometimes people would, would use uh, that as an excuse to not do anything extravagant. Well, God only wants what, I, what I'm willing to give. No, no, no. God wants more than what you're willing to give. God wants what you're able to give. And He looks at what is around you and he says well, you've got to just do what you can do he says of Moses what's in your hand God uses what's within reach to deliver the people of Israel and God will use what is within your reach in your life to do what God wants to do in for and through you, I, I say that what God is looking at Freedom Church. And He would say, are we doing what we can? We can't do it all. Our, our budget is small. Our resources are minimal. Our, 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 our personnel is, uh, are, are few in, in some cases. But are we doing what we can? And God would look at you today and He would ask you to look at yourself in the mirror and examine what's within reach and are you doing what you can with what is within reach? What's within reach? We do not know. And we are largely unaware of the future unfolding before our eyes. And what can happen if we just do what we can with what is within our reach. Can you imagine what it's like to be Solomon's mother? To hear the whispers of the crowd. To hear, hear the naysayers and those who would 
speak against her and would doubt. It didn't stop her. No, no, no. She, she couldn't change any of those things. But she said, I've got, I've got something in front of me. I have Solomon and, and I have my future and my, my day that God has given me today. And so I'm just going to do what I can today. I cannot change yesterday. Some of you, you need to say that to yourself. I cannot change yesterday. I can't do it, but I can change today. And I can change my tomorrow. I cannot save my past, but I can save my future. In fact, she shares that powerful truth in Sol- to Solomon in the 25th verse of Proverbs 31 as I rush to a close. Strength and honor, she says, are her clothing. Notice this now. She shall rejoice in time to come. She says, "There, I'm doing some things now. The, the virtuous woman, she's doing things now. Understanding that, that the results are not going to be seen for a while. See, sometimes we only like to do things when there is an immediate benefit. Or, or result from it. I like doing things that I have instant gratification for. I like projects. I, I like to work with my hands some. And one of my favorite things to do is to paint a room. Not because I like to paint. Because I don't really like any kind of manual labor. But I like to paint a room. Because in the same day I can look back and say look what I did. Losing weight would be a whole lot easier for me if I could just the next day step on the scale and I've lost 10 pounds I'd be like "All right, now but see the hard thing is doing what's within reach even when there is not an immediate visible sign that it's making a difference she said that this person this woman she will rejoice in a time to come. She says, if that woman, if she just keeps doing what she can with what's within reach, she keeps sowing, she keeps working, she keeps laboring, just doing what she can, a time will come that she will rejoice and she'll see her labors come to pass. So Bathsheba, she wove her garments, she fashioned her cloth not knowing perhaps if she would be famous or infamous. She only knew that she was still alive. She had another chance, another child, another opportunity. And so she was industrious. She worked hard using her hands, trying to save the things within her reach. And it did not seem like there was much rejoicing to be had in her life, living under the shadow of treachery, busy managing the household her grandfather conspires against her husband another uh, one of the children not hers laid claim on the throne before Solomon she stepped forward and spoke on her son's behalf eventually though she saw her son be crowned king I believe if she would have a message Today it would be, hold on, one day you will rejoice in time to come. 
And hundreds of years later, as you stand with me all over the house, Bathsheba is found in the twin lineages of Jesus Christ, one through her son Nathan, forming the lineage of Mary, and another of her sons, Solomon, forming the lineage of Joseph, because she decided to save what was in, was what with what was within her reach. Her past, can't change it. Not within her reach. But she could take those hands, hear me now, and reach ahead. Trying to save the only thing she could, one decision, one day at a time. Uh, this week, my, <clears throat> my mom posted something. It was a meme. And, uh, and the meme said, it's this child uh, speaking to its parent saying, I want to go to Mimi's house. She's so nice to me. And, uh, and the parent in the meme looks back and says, that's a different woman than I grew up with. That's just an old woman trying to make sure she makes it to heaven. And then she said, I'm pretty sure my son has probably said that to Parker a time or two. The truth of the matter is this. All of us have things in our past. Things that we're striving to be different than today. And the enemy wants us to constantly be reaching back trying to change and alter because he knows that it's outside of reach you can stretch you can reach you can fret and worry you'll never change it and because he knows that as long as you're reaching back for things that are unattainable you'll never grab hold of the things that God wants for you that are attainable and so Bathsheba she reaches for Solomon. Cecilia's mother, as I shared at that opening illustration, she could not save that plane. It's a tragedy to be sure. But she did what she could. And I would tell you that each of us, we have things, people, relationships, talents, abilities, things that are within our reach. And then if we would make up our minds, we're going to put our hands on the things that are within reach. And we're going to do what we can. Then we're going to look back over time and there will be rejoicing. And we will say, look what the Lord has done. I preach to you today within reach. There, there's a future within reach. There's promise within reach. There's forgiveness within reach. There is abundance within reach. There is an anointing within reach. There is restoration within reach. Oh, if you would just grab a hold of it today. If you would just make up your mind, I, I'm going to do what I can. I, I'm going to give it all I've got. I'm going to I'm going to work all that I can. That virtuous woman, she was laboring, working, toiling. And I got to tell you, if you want to grab a hold of your future, it's going to be work and it's going to be effort and it's going to require things of you. But if you will do it, you will rejoice in time to come. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over the house, I, 
I wonder if you could just maybe stretch up your hand to heaven right there where, where you are because perhaps more than anything else, the presence of God is within reach. And He inhabits...